Good morning. Good to see you guys again. That was good. Good job. You guys are awake. You guys are probably most of the 845 service people that forgot to turn your clock and so you came to the later service. Am I right? No, it's okay. Don't raise your hand. We, we don't want to know. But uh, that happens sometimes. I don't know who came up with this whole idea of uh, daylight savings time, but it's, it's cool. Um, losing an hour of sleep for no reason. That's, that's, that's cool. We like that. That's cool. Hey, um, Jim is uh, on vacation. Pastor Jim is gone. He'll be back here next week. And uh, so I get to step, step in today. And I'm excited to be with you guys. When uh, Tara and I um, were first married and, and, uh, and then we started having children, uh, Ellie is our oldest daughter. She's in high school now, which, which means that I am getting more experienced at life. And, um, and so, um, but before we had Ellie, some friends invited us to go with them on this trip down to Mexico on a vacation. And uh, we were excited to be able to go. First time that we had had, had a chance to, to get to that wonderful country. And, and uh, I had a chance to do something I'd always wanted to do, and that was to scuba dive. And, and uh, some of you guys have heard this story before. I, I, I told it one time before, but I, I got to go scuba diving for the very first time. And I had grown up uh, with asthma. And so I was a little concerned about how that would go, but I felt like this is something I want to do. And, and I'm going to be willing to overcome, you know, overcome that, any anxiousness about it. And so we, we found this school. We found this guy that would uh, train us. His name was Boris. And uh, he, living in Mexico, of course, why wouldn't you have the name Boris? And uh, so he, he, uh, he was our uh, scuba instructor. And and uh, he came to our hotel and was training us in the pool. And we got to use all the gear, got to put on the, the scuba tanks and got to put on the, the flippers and the masks and all that kind of stuff. And he t- you know, taught us different techniques, how to, what to do under the water. And, and we got to try to breathe in the pool under the, under the water, see how that went for us and all that kind of stuff. And, and I thought, you know, I think we, we can do this. We got this. And so the next day we go out in the boat and Boris takes us out into the ocean there. And, uh, you know, the ocean's a, it's a little bit different than the hotel pool. And so we're out there in the ocean and we kind of do our first dive and we dive in and uh, they have this anchor. You kind of go down hand by hand. You go down real slowly because you have to kind of repressurize, you know, your head and, and kind of get used to it because you can't just go fast down and fast up. That's not good. And, uh, and so kind of going down slowly, but we get down to the bottom and, and, um, you know, getting to float around and see all this incredible, you know, uh, wildlife that's down there. There's tropical life that's down there. Get to see all these different kinds of fish down there. There was this shark that swam, you know, it's, it's kind of a bunch of sharks that swam by us. They were like 25, 30 feet long. They were huge. And uh, no, I'm kidding. They were like seven or eight feet long. Uh, and, uh, but that's still taller than me. So it was bigger. It was like Pastor Tan is a little bit taller than him. And, and, uh, and so swimming by and, and uh, Boris, our guy, thought it'd be really cool for us to be in a picture with these sharks. So he kind of gets in front of one. He's sort of like, kind of like corralling it, trying to get it to come at me so he could take a picture of me with this shark. And he thought that was awesome. I thought that was kind of cool too. It was a cool picture. And, um, and so, yeah, we're having a great time down there. And then all of a sudden I start to have some, some, uh, some problems. And, and first, I started to get a little bit of water inside my face mask there. And, uh, and so he had taught us this technique to try to get water out without getting more water in. And so I'm trying to do that. And, and I don't know what I'm doing. And I just keep filling my face mask up with water. So finally, to the point where my face mask is completely filled with water. And it's, it's the ocean. So it's salt water. And I, I'm, my eyes are just burning. And I can hardly see. And I'm trying to keep them awake. And I'm or open, I mean. And I'm looking through, looking through water, basically, I guess, into the water, which anyway. But uh, it 
was kind of interesting and I couldn't quite see. And, and, uh, and then I, uh, because I was worrying so much about my face and looking uh, rather than my breathing, which I had really been focusing on, my breathing, doing it the right way. And uh, so I'm not focused on that anymore. And so I kind of uh, take, a, take a gulp of air. And in the meantime, I took a gulp of seawater with it and didn't mean to do that. And so I kind of then cough. You know, this, this salt water is now in my mouth and my lungs or whatever. And uh, your regulator that you have, you uh, can blow out of it and water can go out of it without water being able to come back in. That's how it was designed. But anyway, I, you know, I'm still kind of new and nervous at this. And, and so I blow so hard, I blow my regulator out of my mouth. So, you know, so I'm, I'm underwater and I, I can't see. I'm kind of like just, just my eyes are burning. I can't see. And so I'm trying to find this, this regulator to put back in my mouth so I can breathe. We're 25 feet down to the, you know, the bottom of the ocean. And, uh, and so, again, there's, there, is, there is a technique, there's training that if I knew what I was doing, I'd be able to find it, put it in my mouth. Experienced divers, I'm sure, that are out there are like, yeah, you know, you just sort of do that. But uh, that's not me. And so I'm on the bottom and I'm trying to find it and I can't find this regulator. And so I'm trying to find it in the, in the dark and then kind of, you know, trying to get it in my mouth and I can't find it. Boris kind of looks over, sees I'm struggling a little bit. And so he comes over, he does what a good, tra- what a good uh, scuba trainer does. He's trying to shove that thing back into my mouth. But by this point, I'm kind of like getting a little panicky, right? It's been probably a minute or so and, and I'm kind of losing my air and, and I just want to go up to the surface as fast as I can. Which, as I said earlier, is not a good thing to do for your body to, to do that. Like, and so he's doing what a good instructor is supposed to do. He grabs my feet and he's pulling me back down. So he's pulling me down and he's trying to shove this thing in my mouth to keep me from, from injuring myself. And, uh, and by this point, though, I am just so kind of panicked, whatever. I don't, I don't want this in my mouth. I don't want to be down there. I just want air. That's what I want. And so I start kind of fighting him. So I'm like punching him and kicking him. I'm like, get off of me. I just want to go to the surface and I want to breathe. And so finally, I don't know if I landed a good punch or he just was like, fine, you're an idiot, go. Uh, but whatever, he, just, he, he lets me and I go up to the surface as quickly as I can, take this great breath, which was amazing. And then I let go of all my lunch, which was not amazing. And uh, thankfully, I wasn't injured uh, more because of uh, going to the top of the surface is not what you're supposed to do. Now, what's really interesting is the perspective of my friend, Brian, who was down there with me. Because what he was doing was kind of looking at all the life like I was. And then out of the corner of his eye, he sees this thrashing in the water. He looks over. He sees Boris and I fighting underwater. (laughs) Then he sees us go to the surface. And then a few minutes later, Boris had kind of gotten me back on the boat. You know, he makes sure I'm okay. And then he went back down. He goes down. He says to Brian, he's like, you know, like thumbs up, like everything's okay. And uh, Brian said the whole rest of the time we were diving, I'm like watching Boris because I'm like, this is not okay. I think this guy just offed my friend and uh, dumped his body in the Gulf of Mexico somewhere. That's what he thought happened. And so he's just like watching the whole time. Like, where's Boris? Keep that guy in front of me. And... uh, So thankfully, that isn't what happened. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to tell you the story today. (laughs) Now, what's true about that day is true about our lives as well. Here's the thing. I had all the right equipment. I had the right kind of of tank of air. It was plenty of air in it. I had the right regulator. I had the right mask. I had the right flippers. I had everything right. I had all the equipment. I just didn't know how to use it the right way. And our lives in following Christ is kind of like that. The Bible tells us that you and I have everything that we need for godliness. 
You and I are given by Christ at the time of salvation everything that we need to be successful at following Jesus Christ. But we don't know how to tap into all of the resources that we have. We don't know how to tap into all the resources that God has given us so that we can not flounder along in life like I was that first time that I tried to scuba dive. We are given everything that we need to follow God, but today we want to talk about how do we tap into those resources? How do we utilize all that Christ has given us to follow him? Because Jesus' plan is not for you to flounder along the bottom of, your, of life like I was of that ocean floor. His plan is not for you to follow him for one year or five years. He has so much more for you. So how do you tap in to everything that Christ has for you? We're gonna talk today about this one thing that is so critical that you and I must do if we're going to faithfully and successfully follow Christ. And this is something that I can't do for you, that no one else can do for you, that you have to take ownership for, for yourself. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Our ushers will give you one. We'd love for you to be able to follow along today and uh, with us. Luke 10, 38 to 42 are our verses today. At this point in Jesus' ministry, he is becoming very popular. Luke is the third gospel in the New Testament telling the story of Jesus. And more people are following Jesus as he is doing more miracles and uh, he is teaching more and uh, people are beginning to, to want to follow him. And Jesus is gaining a, a, a crowd of friends. He's got, of course, his 12 that are his close friends. But then he's got this other family, uh, like I'm sure he had other families, but we learn about this one, and uh, two, two sisters and a brother. Lazarus, he actually will end up raising from the dead in John chapter 11, which is an amazing story. And uh, Mary and Martha are the sisters, and they, uh, are, of course, are the ones who call for Jesus to come heal their brother uh, in John chapter 11. In John chapter 12, Mary actually is the one who takes her very expensive perfume and will break it and wash Jesus' feet with her perfume and her hair because of how much she loves Jesus. And so this is that Mary, this is that Martha, this is that Lazarus that we're going to read about here today as we take a look at this passage. So would you guys stand and read with me Luke chapter 10? And we're going to read verses 38 to 42 together. We'll read it. Luke 10, 38 to 42. Here we go. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Thanks, you can have a seat. So Jesus and his 12 friends are on their way where they're going and they stop off here in the village of Bethany. We know it's Bethany from the other passages. And they stop off here to, to get a little break, to gain some refreshment. And uh, Martha seems to be the older sister of the two. We know that because she is incredibly bossy. That's how we know she's the older sister. And I say that 
with all respect for my older sister, uh, whom I dearly love. Uh, But Mary chooses to sit and to catch up with Jesus. She chooses to sit and to learn from him. Mary chooses to to sit and to, to ask him questions that she had been wondering about. Mary spends time with Jesus, kind of catching up on the happenings, the things that had been going on as he had been traveling around and teaching and performing miracles and doing those things. That's the kind of stuff that she was doing. Remember, this wasn't the age of social media, and so she couldn't just kind of read about it. She had to actually ask him questions and talk to him to get to know information about what was going on. And by the way, even in our technology-filled world, this is important to to see that direct personal attention is still the best way to communicate that you care about someone. And that's what Mary was doing here in this situation. She was was communicating that she cared about Jesus and that she wanted to, to get to know him, that she wanted to be present when she was around him. She wanted to be present with him. And you guys know how challenging that is sometimes for us. Mary is interested in Jesus and she demonstrates that by giving him her time. Now, Martha also loves Jesus and and she demonstrates it too. She demonstrates it by wanting to serve him and serve his friends. Mary would, Martha, I'm sorry, would fit perfectly into our 21st century. She's running around like crazy, trying to get things done, trying to make the best possible presentation instead of just giving Jesus personal attention. I don't know if that is you, but that is what happens at our house, especially on Sunday nights when we're hosting small group. We're running around our house, getting things ready, kind of getting the kids clean your room. You know, people from Grace are coming over and and come on, get stuff ready. And that's why we host small group, by the way, is because it makes us clean our home. It forces us to do that. So I know Pastor Mike's probably never going to tell you that as he's trying to recruit you into a small group. Your house will be cleaner. Just join a small group. That's why you should do it. And, and, so, and so Martha is like that. She is running around, busy making all of these preparations that she is uh, getting ready. And don't miss who is the one who initiated this get-together. Take a look back at the text. Uh, verse 38 says that Jesus' disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named who? Martha opened her home to them. She was the one who had initiated them coming over. And now is she enjoying their visit? Absolutely not. She's running around trying to get all this stuff done, kind of being being crazy. Martha was busy, all right, and she actually thought she was right for doing it. Mary was the one sitting and talking to Jesus. And I assume Martha had probably pulled Mary aside, you know, maybe and kind of had made some suggestions of things she could do to try to help. Again, picture big sister here. You know, maybe she had kind of even maybe nodded with her head, you know, kind of like in Mary, you know, and maybe used the eyes a little bit and got that into it. Maybe put the hand on the hip and was like, you know, trying to get Mary. She was trying to protect Mary. You know, didn't want to embarrass Mary. And she's saying, like, you got to help me do all this stuff. Maybe she even coughed, like, Mary, you know, and, and doing everything she could to, to respectfully get Mary to help her. But Mary's just not paying attention. And so then, and so then Mary, Martha actually goes to Jesus. And I love this part of the story. She goes to Jesus to try to get him to get Martha, or get Mary to help her. Now, here's the thing. She knows about Jesus. She's going to actually talk to him. See, she understands he was a guy. He's not going to pick up on hints. And so, you know, while Mary should have seen all those things, you know, she's going to talk directly to Jesus. And so she goes and here's what she says. Lord, 
Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I love that. She is totally herself, by the way. And you can picture kind of three snaps at the end of that. Tell her to help me. I love that Martha could be herself around Jesus. She didn't have to be proper. She didn't have to be, you know, kind of um, on edge or eggshells. But there was something about Jesus and the way that he was around people that they could be themselves. Isn't that cool? And, and I guess I want to say to you and to me that we can be ourselves around Jesus as well. He can handle all of our drama. He can handle all of our attitude. He can handle all of our whatever it is. We can be ourselves around Jesus. And that's cool. And Martha, she's going to tell the Son of God, you know, what's been going on. He's probably not picked up on her hints and what's kind of going on. So she's going to tell him that uh, Mary needs to help him, needs to help her. But here's, here's what's interesting. Her response or his response to her, Jesus, when he responds to her, had to blow her away because she wouldn't have gone to Jesus to get his help to get Mary to start helping her if she didn't think that Jesus was going to agree with her. If she wouldn't have gone, if she didn't think that she was doing the right thing and Mary was doing something wrong. She believed that her activity was what Jesus wanted. But here's the thing. Activity alone, even Christian activity, will not refuel us. Our parched souls have a thirst that only time with Jesus can satisfy. Even the right activities or the best activities don't refill us and don't build our relationship with Jesus the same way that simply spending time with him does. Getting to know him personally. There's a reason that so many of us are dead tired all the time. Of course, today, it's because we lost an hour of sleep for no reason, as I said earlier. But most of the time, we're not dead tired because we lose an hour of sleep. We're dead tired because our activities are so overwhelming. We schedule our schedules so full, and I do it too. My wife would be laughing to hear me even talk like this. We fill our activity schedules so full, believing that they will give us meaning and fulfillment. Now, the right amount of activity is good for our soul. We should be active. We should be involved in organizations and we should be serving others and we should grow our strengths and get better. God wants us to do those things, but we have become <clears throat> a nation of activity addicts. And activity alone will not refuel us. Our souls have a thirst that only time with Jesus can satisfy Jesus' response to Martha is how he responds to us. He is so loving. He is so gracious. He doesn't beat us up. He doesn't beat her up. He just wants to spend time with her. He just wants to spend time with you. He loves you. And so he, look at what he says to her, verse 41. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. He's gracious as he speaks to her, but he gives her the truth as well. It's interesting, he didn't say Mary had chose something right and Martha had chose something wrong. 
Martha hadn't chosen to do anything wrong. She was being hospitable. That was wonderful. It's just that she was choosing to be so busy with so many things that she was missing out on what was most important, which was spending time with Jesus at that moment. He just said that Mary had chosen what was better. I want you to circle the word better in your Bible. Mary had chosen what was better. A lot of the times in your life and my life, it's not that we're doing bad things. We're just not choosing what is best. We're not choosing what would be best. It's not wrong to, to be on Facebook for 15 more minutes. It's not, it's not wrong to, to watch one more uh, sports uh, game, especially this time of year with all the basketball on. That's certainly not wrong. It's not wrong to 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 want to watch a, a great television show. It's not wrong to do those activities. But sometimes we let those things get in the way of the better stuff that we could be doing of relating to people or specifically relating to Jesus, spending time with him. She wasn't doing something wrong. See, life is full of many wonderful blessings. Our jobs, our families, our hobbies. God has given us these tremendous graces for our enjoyment. However, our relationship with Jesus and building his kingdom must have first priority over everything else in our lives. Martha was doing a good thing, but this good thing distracted her from what was best. Verse 40. In fact, go ahead and circle that word distracted. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Jesus later says that you are distracted, Martha, by many things. Circle that word, many. You're, you're worried and upset about many things. She was doing too much, and it was distracting her from what was most important. The word distracted here in the Greek literally means to be pulled about. And you and I can understand that feeling of feeling pulled in so many directions, needing to do this, having to get this done, needing to knock this off my to-do list, being pulled about. That was how Martha was feeling. She was distracted, pulled by so many things that she wasn't able to focus on what was most important. There are seasons in our lives, maybe in your job, where you just are putting in longer hours because you need to. Maybe you have to put several hours in even before you get into the office. Or maybe you have to work on Saturday to, to push out the number of units that are just required for the demand that is there. Or maybe you're in a season with your family where you're in the middle of a, a sports season where you're giving more time or, or you're caring for a parent or whatever it is. There are these seasons of life where we, where we need to give more and it's busy. And in those times, it is when we are most tempted to put aside the thing that might be the most life-giving for us in those busy times. And we fill ourselves up where we want to get right to our to-do list that we miss our time connecting with Jesus. At least I know that I can be like that. Where we are yanked about from one thing to the next, pulled about like Martha was, and we feel like an old rag doll because we are not being filled up. We have so many things going on that we lose sight of what is most important, like Martha did. We need to build our time and figure out a way to, in those busy seasons, to build our time with God around the other stuff that's going on. Or build the other stuff that's going on around our time with God. Somehow making that a priority, that time to connect with Jesus, is not something that we can just sort of go without. 
It's, it's got to be a non-negotiable in our schedules. And if our busy seasons turn into busier seasons and busy seasons and a busy life, then we adjust and we look at our schedule to see if we're not doing too many things like Martha was. And if there's something that doesn't fit, we drop it instead of dropping our time with Jesus. Let me talk to young people today. If you're a teenager, young adult, as you are figuring out your schedule, you have so many great opportunities, so many things that you could be involved in, so many wonderful things that are vying for your time, so many athletic opportunities and so many arts and drama activities and music activities and and all kinds of incredible things that you could be involved in. Sometimes, though, you will choose to do all the activities that you can. You feel this pressure to be involved in as much as you can, maybe because your friends are doing something. You want to kind of be with them or, or you, you don't want to you want something to look good on your college application or you feel this pressure even from your parents sometimes to be involved in stuff. And it's good. You want to learn how to balance a schedule. That's good preparation for life. But listen, you need to learn sometimes how to say no, how to not be involved in everything and feel like it's okay. How to not be involved in every activity that comes your way. And it's okay. These are the things that are going to be a priority for you. If you're going to grow in your relationship with Christ, you need to learn how to prioritize time with him. How you make that a part of your schedule. How you take ownership for your faith. It's, it's not your parents. It's your faith. It's your responsibility to spend time with Jesus. As you turn into that young adult, you make time for those things that are most important. And let me even encourage you guys, we have some awesome things going on in Access Youth Ministries right now. And I wish I could get every teenager in our church to prioritize being a part of the youth group. There are so many great people that are pouring in to our teenagers right now. And, and, and you want to be in that place where there are other people pouring Christ into you, where you are around other teens that are pursuing Jesus. And so making whatever changes you might need to make to your schedule to make that a priority and even saying no to something else so that you can focus on your relationship with God, that's a great step for you to take now that hopefully you will continue to take as you become an adult. And even parents, whatever you can do to help your kids prioritize those things that are going to make your kids relationship with God last for eternity, that's what's most important. The other things that that we are pursuing on this earth are going to end at the end of this life. But our relationship with God has no end. That must be priority as we try to help our kids raise them to be lifelong followers of Jesus. Martha was so busy. It is so easy to get so busy, whether you're a teenager, whether you're an adult. It is so easy to get so busy that we don't spend the time to care for our souls. And if we don't take that time to meet with Jesus and care for our souls, our lives will fall apart. One of my mine and, mine and Tara's bucket list items is to drive out west and to see the rest of America. We've, we've flown out to, we've been to Seattle and we've been to California for different things, but, but I've never been in between to see the Rockies and to see the Grand Canyon. And one of the places that I desperately want to see is to get up to Yosemite to see these sequoia trees that are just awesome. From all the pictures and everything that I read about them. These things are amazing. They have been here longer than our country has been here. They stand, some of them, up to 250 feet tall. They have lived through the settlement of the United States, through our becoming a nation, through a civil war, through two world wars, 
They saw a man go to the moon and they lived through 9-11. Amazing, amazing. One of these trees fell not too long ago and as the rangers in the park did the research to discover what had caused this tree to fall, their findings were amazing. There was no animal or insect damage. There was no disease. There was no fire. There was no flood. There was no lightning and there was no heavy wind. Through their research and investigation, the rangers determined that foot traffic was responsible for this tree falling down. Over the years, so many people had come to see this amazing tree that all of their foot, all of their feet stopping around at the base of the tree had caused damage to the root system and caused this giant to collapse. What's true for the sequoia tree is true for us. We may appear strong and invincible, but we have incredibly delicate root systems. More fragile than you or I probably even imagine. And unless we take time with God to nourish our souls, to make our roots stronger, we will fall. Maybe all at once with a thunderous crash like that tree did, or maybe slowly over time, our lives will fall apart if we don't care for this part of our spiritual journey, if we don't take time to be with God. This is what makes following Christ last a lifetime. It's not something that someone else can do for you. It's not something that a church can do for you. It's you taking ownership for your relationship with God and spending time with him. That is where it happens. What does this mean for you? I imagine that you have one of several emotions as you hear me talk today, but listen, let defeat not be one of them. Just like Jesus spoke to, to, to Martha, he speaks to you today so graciously, so lovingly. He just wants to spend time with you. He loves you. He wants you to get to know him so much better. He is whispering to you. So let's not put down Martha because all of us are Martha at a time, one time or another. All of us are both Mary sometimes and Martha sometimes. And those things that fight for our time, those demands, those aren't gonna go away. We have responsibilities. That's a part of being an adult. That's a part of life. And there will always be a bit of juggling to our schedules. We'll never arrive and feel like, yeah, we got this. Maybe we will for a season, but then real quickly, we'll get back into a rut. That's just, that's going to elude you. Balance is going to always be elusive to us. But let's not give up this pursuit of time with Jesus. Let's continue to make it a priority of our lives. And here is why. It's just like what Jim talked about last week when he talked about money. When we give generously back to God, Jim shared, it is a heart matter because our money is a precious commodity. And so for us to give back to him shows that we love him and it shows that we trust him to provide for us. It is the exact same thing with our time. Do you know what is, the, what is something that actually might be more valuable than money in our world? It's our time. It is an incredible commodity. And when we give God part of our day that we spend with Jesus, when we give that back to him, it is a demonstration of our love for him 
and of our trust that he will help us to accomplish the things that we really need to get done that day, that we really need to get done with our lives. Just like when we tithe, we're showing God that we believe he can stretch our 90% and do more with that than we could ever do with our 100% on our own. When we spend time with God, we are trusting God that he will do more with the time that we have left because we took time to be with him than we could have accomplished without spending time with him in the first place. It's a heart matter. It's a trust matter. It says, God, I trust you. I know that you are going to make my day stretch, that you will allow me to get things done, get done the things that I need to. Let's get practical. As if Jesus' conversation with Martha isn't proof enough, research today proves what Jesus said. From the Reveal study, listen to this, that was done a few years ago. They write, church activities have the greatest influence in the early stages of a person's spiritual growth. But things like personal spiritual practices, including prayer and Bible reading, have far more influence to continue that person to grow in their spiritual journey. If churches could only do one thing to help people at all levels of spiritual maturity grow in their relationship with Christ, their choice is clear. They would inspire encourage and equip their people to read the Bible. But only one out of five congregants in America reflect on scripture every day. Here's what the research shows. Here's what it shows without a doubt. If you make a regular daily habit of spending time with Jesus doing three things, reading scripture, reflecting on it, and praying, you will grow. You will grow in your relationship with God if you'll just do this one thing more than anything else that we offer that you can do to be a part of a church. This one thing. This is the key. This is what will shake things up for you in 2018. This is what will allow you to utilize the equipment, all the resources that God has given you to be successful at following Christ for a lifetime, for persevering in your faith to the end is your personal time with God. Wayne Cordero writes this. He's a pastor and author. He says, if you will develop a daily self-feeding program from the Bible and allow yourself, I love this, to be daily mentored by God's Holy Spirit, your life will undergo an unprecedented change for the better. He writes, protecting and cultivating your spiritual root system is not a pill to swallow that will automatically bring you health, wealth, and a perfect family. Sorry. But what he says is, but it will give you wide open access to an all-wise and all-powerful God who will personally walk with you step-by-step through life. That's what it will do. You will not learn everything that you need to know, but you will get to know the one who will teach you everything that you need when you spend time with Jesus. The whole purpose of this message, in case you haven't picked it up by now, is to encourage you to read your Bible, to encourage you to spend time with God. It is the most important thing that you can do to grow in your walk with Jesus. You may not completely recognize it, but your soul, 
Your soul has a thirst that only time with Jesus will satisfy, nothing else. And so let me give you four practical steps as we close, four steps that you can do. Number one, pick a time. The greatest, the greatest reason that people won't spend time with God is because it just doesn't happen. You, you, you run out of time. Who here, has enough, who here has more time that you're looking for stuff to do? Nobody. So you got to pick a time. You got to plan for it. This is when you're going to take it. You make it a priority and you make it happen. Early morning seems to be best for a lot of people, but maybe there's another time that works better for you. This is so critical. You pick a time and you build the other choices of your day around it. Number two, you pick a place. Where are you going to spend time with God? Maybe that sounds silly, but it is so important that you know, this is when I'm going to do it and this is where I'm going to do it. You pick a place. It might be a chair in your house. It might be the, 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 the cab of your truck. It might be a, another place, a, the back deck. But you pick a place where you're going to meet with God. And that's your time and that's your place. And number three, you pick a plan. There are so many incredible plans. That, listen, eventually you got to get past this where you do this. This is what I'm going to read today. That's cool if you're doing that. But listen, eventually you got to get past that where you have a plan, where you're kind of getting through the whole Bible or parts of the Bible so that you are understanding the whole counsel of God. version is an incredible gift to our generation of Christians. Download that app, version. There are so many great plans on there that you can download um, that fit all kinds of needs. You can read through parts of the Bible. You can read on topics. You can read on whatever. My, my boys are in the middle. We're doing one with them where we're, re, where we're studying um, um, Carson Wentz, who's the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. They won the Super Bowl last month. You didn't know that? And, um, and, and they, they, he does this awesome, this has this awesome um, uh, devotional on there for how to be a professional football player and stay humble. It is amazing stuff. It's 14 days long. It is awesome. There are so many cool different plans that you can pick, but you need a plan that's going to take you through different parts of the Bible. Pick a plan. We provide you with invisible community. It's in your bulletin every week. If you read the invisible community, you'll be reading with other believers at Grace throughout the whole Bible in the course of a year. If that's, that's, that's a lot, though, to start there. Maybe just pick New Testament portions of the invisible community and just read through that. But that's there for you as well. And the number four, here's a real practical plan. Start with 555. I just had somebody come up to me in the last week and tell me they started doing this about a year and a half ago when I taught on this and uh, it has really been life-changing for them. 555 means you spend five minutes reading the Bible and then five minutes reflecting on the Bible, thinking about it. That's where the Holy Spirit speaks to you. I like to pick a verse out of what I read and I like to kind of go, sometimes I even write that verse down to sort of journal it, but you kind of pick a verse or two that you're gonna really focus on, something that God sort of jumped out of you as you were reading for your five minutes and you let the Holy Spirit speak to you. You know, you say, what does this say about God? What does this verse, what does this say, this passage say about me? What does this verse say about life? And, and you have those five minutes and you have five minutes to pray. Five minutes to read, five minutes to reflect, five minutes to pray. You spend that time with the Lord. As you, as you grow, maybe you add to that and you make it 10, 10, 10 or whatever, but you start with something that's practical that you're actually gonna be able to do for a long period of time. It's not gonna come easy. It will be something that maybe you'll get excited about at first and then it'll sort of become a, maybe a chore or a discipline for a time, but then it turns into a habit that becomes something enjoyable that you're able to do to grow and you actually look forward to that time with the Lord. But to get through those times where it's a chore or a discipline, that's why you pick a time, that's why you pick a place, that's why you pick a plan. So you stick with it even through those times. Think of all the disciplines, the things that you have done in your life to grow as a person. 
Think about, you know, eating healthy. Who enjoys eating healthy? No one. Not the first time. Not when you get started in it. It doesn't taste good. It tastes way better to eat bad. And so what you have to do is, is discipline yourself. You don't do it because you enjoy it. You do it because why? Because you know it's good for you. Because you know it's good for you. And so you do it. And you get through those difficult times in the beginning till then you actually begin to enjoy it. You see the benefits in your life. You see the health that comes from it. You see the way you feel and you want to be there long term. And so you begin then to be something that it becomes something that you enjoy. Same with, same with uh, exercise. You don't do it because you necessarily enjoy it the first time. But over time, it becomes something that you look forward to. And it drives you. And you love it. And you want to do it. All of disciplines kind of start that way. But we do it because we know it's good for us. And then it turns into something that we enjoy. Listen, your meetings with God will become the place where life change starts to happen. In your meetings with God, you'll encounter some amazing people in the scriptures. And you will learn from their failures. And you will learn from their successes. And you will learn to walk with Jesus. You'll hear the whispers from God about who to marry, about what job to take, about who to share Christ with, about what ministries to start, about where to move, you will begin to hear God whisper to you in all areas of your life. The Bible doesn't, doesn't have all the answers to life's questions. It wasn't written that way. What it is is divine revelation that is, in, that is driven to introduce you to the one who does have all the answers. The reward is that when you and I leave our time with God, we have this uncanny assurance that God is with us in this day because we've been with him. You and I have all the resources that we need to be successful at following Christ. But this thing right here is what will help us to move forward in 2018. This is the one that will be the key to faithfully following Christ. Will you commit for 30 days to spend time with God. Will you commit to say, okay, starting today for 30 days, I'm going to spend time with God. If you are convinced that Jesus is, is Lord and, and he is your savior, then spend time with him and get to know him. The way you'll do that is by reading his Bible. If you are sitting here and you're not convinced, you, you come, but you're not really sure that Jesus is Lord and you're not convinced that he is God, then listen, spend 30 days reading about him and getting to know him and see if at the end of 30 days you're not convinced that he isn't meant to be your savior. But will you take 30 days to do this? Rearrange your schedule, do what it takes to make this happen and see if your life isn't different and your relationship with God isn't different in 30 days. You can use the invisible community or one of the other plans, again, that are provided um, for you in such easy ways. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, this is important stuff. God, this is, this, is the, this is it. This is what shakes the can. This is what causes breakthrough in our lives. This is where we'll see growth happen this next year, God, if, if we spend time with you in a disciplined, everyday kind of way. And God, I love your graciousness, Lord. You don't, you don't put Mary down. You don't put us down, Lord. You know that we get busy. And you know that we kind of get off the mark, but you gently and lovingly get us back on. You encourage us, Lord. God, help us to be people of discipline, people who, who take the steps, Lord. When we discipline ourselves, there's always progress that results. So God, I pray for that, uh, that to happen. I pray, God, that you do great things, Lord, that you speak to us your words, 
as we uh, spend time with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, as we close today, guys, uh, I want you guys to, to, to know something really cool. We are starting the uh, construction of the playground tomorrow. The team is arriving. That's pretty awesome. We've been a long time coming, and uh, we are excited. And, and so they'll be done by the end of the month. We're going to be opening up the park. If you go to our website today, if you click on there, even if you go there on your phone, even before you leave, you pull it out and you get on there, there are opportunities to volunteer in the park. This is going to be probably the first touch for most people in our community to Grace Community Church. Before they will ever come to our church or one of our services, they'll come with their kids to play. And so we want a great team that's going to be serving there. If you go there, you can see that we're just looking for people to serve two shifts uh, a month every other week. If you'd be willing to give time during the day, we have the park open during the day. We have it in the evening. We have times on the weekend. You find a two and a half, three hour shift that works for you to serve just twice a month or even once a month. You sign up, all, you click all the spots that you would possibly be open for based upon your schedule. And then we'll kind of put everyone together and fit out, figure out how to, how to make it all work. And we'll, we'll get back to you and let you know um, how that schedule is going to work. But if you go to our website today, tomorrow, get on there, please. We got to start organizing. The next couple of weeks, we got to train everybody and so that we can be ready to welcome our community with our best foot forward. We're excited, guys. Uh, thanks for being here today. We love Love you guys. We will see you next Sunday. Don't miss it. Have a great day.